Welcome, butt curious cuties and experienced anal adventurers. I'm Luna Matadas, your host of the Plug Podcast. I'm a sex and pleasure educator who is committed to less shame and more pleasure during all of our sexy times. So, on the plug, we are going to be taking anal pleasure education into deeper, pun intended, conversations. The plug is made possible by B Vibe, a sex toy company bringing you premium anal play products and engaging anal play education. So, if you're looking Looking for fun, safe, and creative stuff for your butt, head over to bvibe.com. On this episode of The Plug, we are talking about pain and hygiene. So basically, we're talking about pain and poop. And during our live webinar series called Seducing the Butt, we answered a lot of questions around warming up the anus. I showed three astastic techniques to seduce the outside of the butt. We talked a lot about anal pleasure anatomy and so what parts of the butt are relevant for pleasure and what parts of the butt like what kinds of stimulation. And we talked a lot about, I had a, a bouquet of, of butt plugs as my, my demo, um, and we talked about how to choose butt plugs for anal training. So there was a lot of information on how to create this seductive stimulation for the anus, uh, as well as if you're preparing for things like anal penetration, what types of discomfort do you need to be aware of, what means slow down, what means you know we need to stop for tonight. So I have some questions that we didn't get to answer uh, during the webinar as well as that were submitted through Instagram. So if you do have questions for the Plug Podcast, you can always submit them to us through Instagram or head over to bvibe.com and you'll find a place to submit questions directly to the podcast. So I have a bunch of your questions here and I'm going to answer a few of them and then I've brought you a special aspert, another <laughs> guest ask ask expert uh, who's going to help us answer some of the uh, remaining questions and take us into more seductive techniques to warm up the anus. So I think I get asked about poop and pain a lot because these are the things that we don't necessarily see in porn. And so anal sex in porn looks super clean, like no one has ever taken a dump ever. Uh, it looks like, you know, the anus is just always like lubed up and ready to go, you know, even before the pizza guy has put down the pizza. He's already slid into an ass and everything's a-okay. It also looks like communication is kind of universally understood, that everyone is there playing the exact perfect part in everyone else's fantasy. So, I mean, you can understand if you're taking that as a manual for anal sex, when our real bodies, our real emotions, and our real sex happens that isn't performative, that isn't being scripted and edited and prepared for, uh, for a performance, like in porn, how it can be confusing about what do you actually do? How do I seduce the butt? If we go about it in the way that uh, we have mostly learned from mainstream porn, we are going to end up with a lot of uh, potentially poop and, <laughs> and potential discomfort. So when you're thinking about how to clean your butt, whether or not you need to clean your butt, how do you communicate during anal sex, I want you to remember that all of these things are a skill. And so if you didn't get it right the first time or, you know, you got shit on a dildo or there was something that was uncomfortable and created a not so great experience, remember that that the 
really, the more that you engage in tuning into what feels good for your butt and somebody else's butt and having that kind of communication that's focused on skill building and improving the conditions for pleasure is only going to end up in more pleasure. And so if you tried anal sex and, and it wasn't for you, remember that you also don't have to have anal penetration in order for something to be considered anal sex, right? I remember the the first time I was trying anal sex uh, giving to somebody else and I didn't know what to do. I was just waiting for this butthole to magically open up and be able to take my finger. So I didn't, I was like, cool, like it'll just like, it'll do what it wants to do when it's ready. And it wasn't opening up. And so I just started to push, which I think most people try to do when they're um, going for anal penetration. And, and this actually resulted in looking back like discomfort for my partner because I wasn't using enough lube. I hadn't stimulated the outside of the anus enough and I wasn't really checking in. I was just thinking that if they were uncomfortable, they would tell me. And that's not always true. A lot of us have trouble speaking up during sex about what's uncomfortable or what doesn't feel good or what's boring. And so as the partners who are doing the the giving, we really want to be soliciting and inviting and giving permission for our receivers or our bottoms to give us feedback. And, you know, uh, for those of you who are on the receiving end and the bottom end, you also want to be able to give feedback that is about your body. It can be really easy to go along to get along. It can be easy to kind of feel like there's this pressure to take it. And, you know, we built all this up. Um, but, you know, having control over what feels comfortable for the receiver is is really important. We kind of have to take the lead of the person who's being penetrated. So I love your your questions that you've submitted because they all to me seem really thoughtful about other people's pleasure and your own pleasure. So the first question is about analingus, which is uh, rimming or eat it like groceries or booty munching. Um, this person is asking, is eating ass going to make me sick? Now, it's this is a really good question because most of our training and socialization around hygiene is around keeping our hands, our food, our, you know, fingers away from our anus because we're taught that it's a, a dirty area that contains bacteria that could potentially make us sick. So you can understand why in a in an erotic context, we're like, what the fuck? Why are we putting our faces in buttholes? And the, <laughs> the reality is, is that um, it feels really good for some people there's all of us have the potential to have this amazing arousal from stimulation to the outside of the anus or just inside the butthole because there's these cute little crinkles of flesh that actually fill up with blood um, so they they expand and get more comfortable and relaxed around the butthole as we get more aroused and so analingus is a great way to to arouse the the outside of the anus it also feels really good when when something is inside the anus, which is why things like rimming plugs or internal vibrators can feel really um, as a great precursor to bigger objects that you want to put in your butthole, but also just to keep that stimulation high, to keep that arousal really high around stimulation from the anus. So that's why people like uh, their ass getting eaten. Some people also just find it really taboo and sexy to be able to be to, uh, giving oral to anal sex. 
Um, and so when we're thinking about hygiene, if you do want to reduce or minimize your risk of contracting any bacteria from the anus into your mouth, there are lots of things that you can do. So number one is making sure to wash the outside area after your last bowel movement. And so if you've taken a dump during the day, you know, go and have a good shower. If you want to douche or give, a, give an enema, you're only using warm water. And so I recommend enema bulbs. You can find find one on, on B-Vibe site. Uh, enema bulbs are great because they just allow a flushing of the immediate area where anal penetration is going to be taking place. So you don't need any solutions and you don't need any extensive kind of colonic type of, of action in order to clean your butt for analingus. If um, you are still uncomfortable with having direct mouth to butthole contact, you can use a dental dam. So a dental dam is made of nitrile or latex, and it's a square that goes between your mouth and the anus. And so this is a great way to still get the warmth and stimulation from the tongue on the butthole without actually having contact with the butthole. So you've got some options there. If you don't have a dental dam uh, handy, you can also use non-microwavable saran wrap. It doesn't taste as great, but I mean, in a pinch, you can do that or cut a condom up the side so that it's a, a flatter uh, surface and you can use that to put against the anus and then give uh, anal stimulation through the, the saran wrap or the condom. So if if you are going at it bare, you're eating that delicious little bear hole, um, you can um, contract some stomach bacteria. So if your person has salmonella poisoning or E. coli, I mean, they're going to be pretty sick. So if you're eating a really sick person's butthole, it's probably not a good idea. If your partner has any sort of loose bowel or loose stool, so if it's been a Taco Bell kind of day, it's probably not a good day to eat ass. And so if you do a visual and a sniff check and everything seems good to go, you can um, go ahead and eat someone's ass and not worry too much about actually getting um, sick from the bacteria. If you're sensitive, if you've got a sensitive stomach or you've got conditions that make you more susceptible to that type of bacteria, then that's another precaution to take in mind and you might as well um, suit up with some saran wrap. All right, I have another question here about anal beads. So I really actually love anal beads and they were one of the first butt plug toys that I fell in love with for myself as well as for other people. Uh, this question says, as a young man, I'd like to try anal beads. As a beginner, is this a good toy to start with? This is a great question because when you're a beginner, you do want to go for things that are smaller and that are focused on helping your anus actually accommodate penetration because our butthole is used to having stuff going out of it, right? So our sphincters, those muscles that, those rings of muscle that are inside of our anus are actually, they're going to give us the same kind of stimulation that we get during a bowel movement. And so sometimes our bodies are confused when something's going inside of our anus instead of going outside of our anus it's sending the same signal to us as that oh we're taking a shit god we're taking a shit our body's doing the things when we take a shit but really the muscles are just working in the same way as when the muscles are working to move your poop out of your body so with anal beads they're great because they 
they allow for stimulation um, to the anal muscles and the sphincters while also providing stimulation to the butthole. And so you can put them in as far as you'd like. You can put in only maybe one or two if you've got a, a string of beads that is a bit longer. I really like um, the anal plugs that are, or the anal anal beads that are also vibrating because I think it's a great opportunity to get uh, anal stimulation. So there are two sizes actually of, of anal beads on B-Vibe site that you can check out. I prefer the, the smaller size uh, for folks that are starting out, but even for folks that are very comfortable with their anal pleasure, smaller beads are great to wear to get ready for a date. So I like to put them inside of me with some lube um, and the you want to look for anal beads that have um, a curved base. So you're not putting anything in your butt that doesn't have a base. And so a base is like a stopper. It helps it from going deep in, and getting lost in your anus. And so I love ones that, that have a comfortable base that you can wear while you're doing other things. And so this allows your butt to kind of relax and get into um, the feeling of having something in your anus, especially if you're a beginner and you're trying out anal masturbation. Anal beads are great to have inside of you and to easily use as something that you can pull out or push in to get that kind of in and out motion for stimulation without feeling like it's super intimidating, like some larger plugs that might have a, a base that feels uncomfortable for thrusting. So I really like anal beads overall. Our next question is around stainless steel butt plugs. So are stainless steel butt plugs safe? Stainless steel butt plugs are super safe because first they're they're non-porous and so which means that unlike some jelly um, types of butt plugs that are, are made from more inexpensive but unsafe materials, uh, they're really easy to rid of any bacteria that you might pick up during anal sex. Um, is, what's awesome about stainless steel plugs too is that they can be really fun for temperature play. So temperature play is about using heat or cold to create sensations and awaken particular areas of the body. So you could put that butt plug in the freezer. You could also dip that butt plug in, you know, a cup of hot water or boiling water or tea um, and cool it down a little bit, obviously, before you put it inside someone. But it can create these sensations that are spot specific. And so spot specific sensations can often wake up the body uh, to be more receptive to pleasure. It can help someone come into their body who's a little bit distracted. Maybe they're stuck in their head about whether they're shitting on your plug. Um, it can also just be something fun to kind of mix up the ways in which you use your toys. What's also great about stainless steel plugs is that they have a particular weight to them. And so that weight, when it's inside of someone's anus, the part that's pulling down on the butthole is actually giving pressure and sensation to all of the nerve endings around the butthole. So without using any vibration, we're giving some stimulation to uh, one of the most sensitive parts of, of the anus and one of the best parts to engage in butt play, which is the butthole and the rim around the butthole. So love that question. So yes, definitely get yourself some stainless steel butt plugs. Uh, you want to make sure that they have a base on the end and you also want to make sure that they aren't super small. Uh, I've seen some stainless steel butt plugs, especially the jeweled ones that look really cute, but they are pretty tiny. So we don't want to risk losing anything inside of the anus. 
We have another question. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, this one is about can spit be lube? Um, so, uh, no, <laughs> spit cannot be lube. Think about spit, um, as chapstick. You know, if your lips are, are chapped and you lick your lips, what happens? Not much, right? They're just going to be dry again in five seconds. So with anal sex, we really want long lasting, uh, lube that's going to help lubricate the anal tissue. The anal tissue isn't like vaginal tissue. It, it's not self lubricating and it's thinner. So we don't want to risk any injury to this tissue by having it dry and creating more friction during things like penetration with fingers or dildos or penises, uh, lubricating the anus before you get in there as well as after you're already in there. So in the middle of thrusting, you know, we don't think about lube. Maybe you've left it on the floor. So you want to keep your lube nearby so that you can reapply lube during uh, penetration. If you're having trouble getting lube into someone's butt, you can also try what's known as a, a lube shooter. It looks like a, a syringe and I'll put the product in our, our show notes so you can have a look at it for yourself. It looks like a syringe that you you suck up lube into and insert into the anus. It's about the size of, of a small pinky and uh, you're able to inject lube a little bit deeper into the anal canal so that once stuff's already in there, there's already some prior lubrication to support any kind of um, stimulation or potential friction. It's just creating a better texture for pleasure. Lube is life. Get yourself some good lube. Um, one more, oh, we got two more questions. So one question was about farts. And so this person just said, I want, I want you to talk about farts and I'm happy to talk about farts because farts is one of those, um, bodily functions, much like mastering anal sex that, you know, we can be really embarrassed about. We can feel super shamed about. And the reality is, is that when you're pushing air into any orifice, so whether it's a vagina or you're pushing it into an anus, you are creating an, an air pack that with the next thrust is actually forcing that air out. So a lot of times people will experience uh, farts during thrusting or after a penis or a dildo or fingers have been pulled out of the anus and you're sort of vacuuming out the air. Uh, lube may be accompanied with this fart. It may also feel like for the person that's receiving any type of fart or uh, leakage from the anus, Immediately, we're going to think, oh my God, I've shat the bed. I've shat all over my partner. My relationship is ending because I just shat everywhere. And <laughs> you know, that's totally understandable because usually when things are coming out of our butt, we're not sharing them with other people unless you have a fart fetish. So if you do fart during sex, remember that sex is silly sex is awkward and no one is having this perfectly performed edited sex unless they're doing it for performance and it's okay to to kind of laugh about it and make our partners feel really comfortable one of my favorite things to say during anal sex if there's a little bit of a mess or whether that's poop or lube or if I just want to give my partner a chance to go and clean up is to just say you know hey babe like why don't we take a break and you can go freshen up and you know I'll be right here because I'm not done with you. 
So there's this this playfulness that we can use during sex to kind of normalize the things that we're going to have to take care of if we're playing with our holes and other people's holes. So even sharing this idea that you're, uh, you know, you're worried that if you're going to fart during sex, it's going to be a turnoff and that's going to make you tense. Just letting your partner know can be a moment for a little giggle. It can also be a moment to really embrace each other's empathy and, and, and or humanity through empathy. And that allows us to be more relaxed, more comfortable, and less judgmental of ourselves during sex. So talking about it beforehand or even afterwards, you know, laughing about it and making each other feel comfortable is totally fine. Um, the last question I had is about um, warming up the anus. And so I had shown three astastic techniques for warming up the outside of the anus uh, to help seduce the butt so that it's super aroused by the time we decide if we're going to penetrate or we're going to play with toys or we're going to have um, a penis or a dildo in there. And warming up the anus is something that I think we all take for granted and do too little of. Um, you know, five minutes of, of anal um, stimulation outside of the anus is not enough. And so if we're, we're kind of used to rushing through our uh, moves and our, our sexy time and we go from like kissing to oral to anal, and it's really important to slow things down because lots of us have tension that we're holding around anal sex, especially if we're the receiver or the, the bottom, the person who is getting penetrated. And um, this can lead to tension in the body that can't be relieved through external stimulation. So our nervous system starts to just remember that maybe it hurt before or that we're worried about shitting on our partner or that, you know, the our partners didn't listen to us when we needed to slow down last time or we didn't speak up when we needed to slow down last time. So all of these thoughts um, can create a barrier to pleasure. It actually creates this low level tension that our involuntary nervous system starts to just like ramp up this, this fight or flight kind of um, anxiety that's really hard to calm down once it started. And so anal seduction and playing with the external part of the anus is not only, you know, a, a precursor to really good, deeper orgasmic pleasure overall for the body, but it's part of doing anal sex in a good way. It's part of giving good anal pleasure. So if you want to be good to the booty, you got to learn some techniques that are going to help you um, give the kind of stimulation that actually suits anal play anatomy. So we're going to keep this conversation going. I'm bringing you a lovely guest who is also an aspert and a, a sex educator. And we're going to continue to answer some of these questions around poop and pain. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the award-winning sex toy company behind the Plug Podcast. B-Vibe was founded by Alicia Sinclair, who's a certified sex educator, so it's no wonder that B-Vibe's roots are in pleasure. B-Vibe puts a ton of research into the design of their butt sex toys to create high-end anal accessories. So whether you're at the beginning of your butt journey or you're looking to delight your butthole, there's something for everyone at bvibe.com. 
If you're just starting out your booty play journey, you may want to check out the petite plugs or the snug plugs or the anal training kits. All of these allow you to have a gentle entrance into anal play with toys that are not so intimidating. They're rounded for comfort and they also provide a lot of variety so that you can try out different sensations or vibrations without too much pressure on putting something really big in your bum. If you're someone who's already into anal play and you want to take it to the next level, I would for sure check out the rimming plugs. So the rimming plugs have vibration throughout the plug as well as around the neck. So the neck of the plug has um, a vibration stimulation that feels very much like analingus or the sensations that you would get from eating ass. So if you want to delight your booty hole, definitely check out the plugs. You can use code LUNA, L-U-N-A, for 30% off your purchases from bvibe.com. So treat yourself. Definitely don't be an asshole to the buttholes that you're playing with. Put quality sex toys and good lube in the butts that you are seducing. Um, I am so excited to bring you one of my favorite sex ed heroes and also one of the first people that I started learning about anal sex from by listening to her podcast and reading her blog. Dr. Jess O'Reilly at Sex with Dr. Jess on social media. Dr. Jess is a sex and relationship expert with a background in education. Her research and passion involves teacher training in sexual health, and she volunteers in schools and universities to help bring better sex and relationship education to students across Ontario. Jess is also a TV personality, author, podcast host at Sex with Dr. Jess podcast, and an international speaker who's facilitated hundreds of workshops and retreats in 35 countries from Lebanon to Costa Rica. Jess, welcome. Oh, Luna, I'm always happy to chat with you. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we're chatting about bum stuff. I always enjoy our conversations and I learn so much from your work and everything that you're putting out there. And, you know, I'm also excited to chat with you because I think, well, actually, I'm assuming, I'm assuming, there's going to be lots of puns, <laughs> <laughs> that anal sex is, is probably a pretty popular topic for your audience too. Is that true? Heck yeah, everybody's into the butt, or maybe they're out of the butt. So they're trying to get into the butt. So they're coming to people like you and me. But yeah, on our podcast, our two of our most popular podcast episodes ever were about the butt. So there's one just on anal and the other one on prostate play and people are all about it. Wow, that's incredible because I, I feel like there's so much taboo around butt stuff and I get questions about it one-on-one. -on -one. I get questions, even if it's in a workshop not related to butt stuff. Do you have any thoughts on why you think people are so curious about anal sex in particular? Well, I think first and foremost, because of porn, in the absence of comprehensive sex education, we turn to porn as education and porn has really normalized anal as kind of the standard, right? So in most hetero porn scenes, and maybe I'm wrong, somebody's going to come and say, actually, just the data says, but from my perspective, seems like there's always anal happening. And porn, of course, makes anal look easy. Uh, it, it makes it look like it's just something that happens, right? They walk in the door, they deliver the pizza, they put the pizza on the counter, they let the pizza get cold because they're monsters. And then they just <laughs> like bend them over and have the anal without even thinking about the pepperoni. And all the other fun stuff they could be doing. <laughs> but, but to backtrack, you know, folks who work in porn will remind us that 
there are so many things happening behind the scenes to make sure that the anus is prepared. So getting aroused, getting relaxed, giving a massage, uh, using lots of lube, having a slice of pizza, like all of those things to get the butt ready. Okay, now I'm just stuck thinking about pepperoni. But (laughs) but I love, I love that you point this out about the performative nature of porn. And, And we're not performers just trying to get stuff in our butt on a you know, regular basis in our bedrooms. And I, I know for myself, I had definitely looked at porn as a manual and, and less of a muse in, in the way you're describing. So when we're, we're taking porn and anal and putting it into our reality, what are some things that, that people need to think about? And how, how will it look different for you in bed with your bum buddy? Your bum buddy. Well, it's <laughs> it's going to look really different than porn. And it's not only the absence of pizza. So first and foremost, if you're going to put something into your butt, you need to get to know your butt, right? And it doesn't make sense that the first object that goes inside of your butt is a penis or a strap on, because those things are, are fairly big. It makes more sense that you're kind of starting with a finger and you're getting to know that area. And I have a rule, and I'm sure you talk about this as well, that if you're going to put something in someone else's butt, you've got to put something in your own butt first so that you know what it feels like. So you learn to recognize what those what those sphincter muscles feel like. So first of all, you're going to DIY. Um, secondly, when we think about butt sex, as you know, everybody's thinking about you know, plowing from behind. They're thinking about some sort of penile or dildo or strap on. But let's be honest, in the hetero context, it's usually the penis trying to get inside the butt, which is kind of interesting, the butt of their partner, given that the penis probably also has a prostate. So their butt is actually more designed for pleasure. Uh, but, But to continue, there's so much you can do with the butt on the outside. It doesn't have to be all internally. And then the other thing we're going to see that occurs differently versus what we see in porn is that Anal sex involves usually proceeding gradually in terms of Mm. speed and depth and the size of the inserted object and really taking time to breathe into it and, you know, not make it painful. I know I hear you talk often about this myth that anal is painful and unless you want it to be painful, which is a different discussion, uh, you know. There's no reason for it to be painful if you're relaxed, if you're aroused, if you're moving slowly, if you're communicating, if you're trusting your body, if you're using lots and lots of lube. And then that's the other thing I don't think we see as much of in porn is that, of course, you need to use lube. You need to use a nice, generous, heaping serving of lube for anal sex. And then the, the last thing I would say is that in porn, it seems, now I don't know, but it seems to me as though they're having orgasms from anal sex. And that very well may happen. But in real life, many people will actually have an orgasm before they play with anal penetration because the body becomes most responsive to pleasure and more primed for arousal once your endorphins and oxytocin levels are really elevated post-orgasm. So it doesn't have to be linear where anal leads to orgasm. Anal could be the the follow-up to orgasm. Ooh, I like that. Mixing up the menu and not going for these kind of expectations that we see in in some storylines in porn. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. And I love the tips around DIY and relaxing and lube. I think um, a lot of times there there isn't enough of that that we we know how to do and, and we know how to actually execute these things to get our bodies more prepped for anal. And so if you're if you're in a situation with your partner and you're you're both new 
to anal, how can you be more active in communicating? So either with your body or with your words and, and talking about either hesitations or insecurities around anal sex, what you're worried about. I think a lot of times I definitely do this. I've gone along to get along. I didn't want to be the person to like ruin the moment. Um, or I've seen a signal in someone and not checked in because I just sort of assumed this is okay. Well, they'll tell me if something's hurting. Yeah, that that's a great point. I think oftentimes we think that sexual communication happens in the bedroom, but it can happen before you get into the bedroom or the backseat of the car or wherever you wherever you do the sex. Um, and so we need to do more talking ahead of time about what we want, what feels good, what might make us nervous, and even talk about you know how our bodies respond when we're feeling good, how our body, what it looks like when we're feeling nervous, when we're pulling back. Uh, I also think it's important to note that, you know, this going along to get along, often, you know, I think it can be tied to elements of our of our identity, right? So mm-hmm. gender, sexual orientation, age, body, all of those things. Uh, but we have to remember, listen, this isn't the last time you're going to enjoy sexual pleasure. And so if you do interrupt, don't worry, like you can do it tomorrow or the next week or in an hour or at another time. So I think we first and foremost have to give ourselves permission to experience pleasure, right? And so if I have permission to make this experience about pleasure, it's not going to be about having an orgasm or having a specific type of sex or making sure that my partner has an orgasm or lasting a certain period of time. It's more about does this feel good for me, right? So if we can make pleasure the measure of a sexual experience, it becomes less about performance, less about going along to get along. And I think we might be more likely uh, to speak up. And, and, And again, in the heat of the moment, it can be really difficult to do so. So I always recommend that folks talk about their desires ahead of time, right? Like anal is not just something that happens uh, for most people, especially if you're newer to it. If you have more experience with anal, then it's, it's a different story. But generally, you need to talk about it ahead of time. And uh, I think another issue has to do with the way we have penetrative anal sex. Oftentimes, it's the person with the penis or the strap on. So the penetrative partner uh, as opposed to the penetrated partner, the the back. Let's call them the back person. All right. Let's just picture picture two people in doggy style. That person from behind is often controlling the movements and in charge of the rhythm and the depth of the speed. When in fact, and especially if you're newer to this, but this might apply to almost everyone, it's the partner who's being penetrated who ought to consider controlling the depth, the speed, and the rhythm. Because, you know, we want them to feel safe and we want them to obviously feel comfortable and we, we don't want to experience pain unless, as I said, that's something you're into. Oh, I love this. All of the power to the penetratee and allowing this kind of um, take it at the pace of the person who's being penetrated. That's right. wonderful advice. Thank you. Right. Like back that thing up. There's a song, right? Yes. Will, will you cut it if I sing it? Like, if you remember, yeah. like, girl, you look good. Won't you back that thing up? <laughs> <laughs> can you be like, can you just do this for our commercials? That'd be great. <laughs> I, I, I even gave you the radio version. I didn't even say ask. <laughs> and work in pepperoni somewhere. Right. Who's a big fine woman? Won't you back that ass up? Call me Big Daddy when you back that ass up. Girl, who is you playing with? Back that ass up. Do you remember that song? Oh my God, I need your autograph <laughs> because you're going to be some sort of platinum butt star. And <laughs> like, I want to be like, well, I interviewed her way back when. <laughs> oh God, please cut it. <laughs> 
everyone, you just got the first live show from the <laughs> Sex with Dr. Butt show. <laughs> and she's banned from radio. First thing yeah. last. And the plug is canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all, I love it. <laughs> it was all going so well, the inaugural episode of The Plug, until this annoying little girl from Toronto, Canada <laughs> thought she could sing. You mean graced us with her <laughs> her voice? Yeah, that's what I heard, right, everyone? Oh. <laughs> well, I love all of this emphasis on this fluid kind of communication, that it doesn't just have to be in the moment, it doesn't just have to be in, you know, after or before that, that really we should be having these kinds of conversations and, and adding up this communication in the same way that we need to add more and more lube, right? I feel like you can never have enough lube and enough communication. That's and so true. if something does go off, like let's say someone gets hurt or, you know, this week we were talking about poop and pain on seducing mm. the butt. And so a lot of folks have kind of assumed that poop and pain have to come along with anal sex. And, you know, I, I think a lot of us are concerned around hygiene. You know, I'm way more concerned about if my poop is on somebody than if somebody else's poop is on me. And so it does come with this, like, well, what's my body doing kind of thing? And for being new to anal sex, sometimes lube feels like if it's coming out of you, then it's diarrhea. And you think that you've like shot all over the place when really nothing has happened. And so if something does happen or if you're worried about something happening, how can we be better partners and, and support just what the body is doing and minimize embarrassment? Well, I think it's important to remember that these are just natural bodily functions. So it's not that poo is necessarily gross or problematic. Oftentimes it's our reaction to it, right? We feel embarrassed. But I mean, I always kind of go back to the rational thought. Like what happens if my partner was, were to see a little bit of poo, right? Like what if there was some trace feces? Would they love me less? Would they you know, think that I'm less attractive? Would it necessarily detract from pleasure the next time? Um, are they going to you know, tell all their friends about it? Are they going to tweet about it? And you know, in probably 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
can we inject some humor? Like I, I think about some of the mistakes we've made in bed or times that we've had sex that were just kind of disastrous. And none of these memories uh, occur to me in terms of like judgment or regret. It was, it's all in humor now. I look back and I laugh. So can we even laugh about it and just be adults? You know, I, I, I don't know. It's just a bo- another bodily function. And it doesn't mean you have to be into it. Like I don't like poo. So unlike you, Luna, your fear is that your poo is going to end up on someone else. My fear is I don't want anyone else's poo. I don't like poo. <laughs> Herein lies the difference, right? You're this like giving lover thinking about your partner. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, just me. Just just keep your poo away from me. But I, I think about really not liking poo. But if something happened by accident, I'd be like, yeah, we're human. These things happen. And I probably would never think about it again. I've had I've had worse shit happen than actual shit. <laughs> That's great perspective. That is a fabulous poop perspective. <laughs> like right? there's worse things. Yeah. Worse shit than actual shit. Right. And I actually go go back to the 99 rule, which is kind of the rule through with which I try and live my life. Will I care about this when I'm 99? Like, is this something I'm gonna actually care about? And then I try not to expend energy on it. Sure, it can be embarrassing in the moment. Sure, it can be uncomfortable. Um, maybe it turns you off, maybe it ruins I, I even hate the language, it ruins the moment, but maybe you end up not having sex at that moment in time. But guess what? There's plenty more pleasure to be had in life, even if it's not right here, right now with anal. Mm. This is, I love your advice because it's so filled with empathy. And I think that's like something we forget to bring into our sexual situations. We're here to like get what we want and do what we want. And there really is this need for empathy for all these different types of things that our bodies are going to do. I mean, you might blow like a fart shit bubble. I don't know. Right? No, not me. <laughs> not me, Luna. Why would you say that to me? I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I got real comfortable. <laughs> Everyone's got a visual now. Someone's making a cartoon as we speak. <laughs> oh my God. Don't tell them my social media handle. <laughs> We'll have a poop dedicated one for you. Oh my goodness. Well, well, the other thing is, uh, I was talking to a pelvic floor therapist yesterday. And so we were talking about different issues of the pelvic floor, whether it's orgasm or anal sex or pleasure or arousal or ejaculation or erection. And the, one of her first lines of defense or her first approaches has to do with bowel movements and the anus. Like she was talking about how important it is to have regular healthy bowel movements to your sexual functioning. So even outside of anal sex, the butt and poop really, really matter. She was saying that like, you know, a a good fiber diet with lots of hydration is so important to overall sexual functioning, even to erection, ejaculation, orgasm, arousal. So like so much has to do with the butt, yet we treat it as so taboo. So I'm so glad that I'm so glad that you are talking about this. I'm so glad that B vibe is making this a priority. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's such amazing wisdom. I think we don't get to hear from pelvic floor therapists enough in regards to pleasure, especially anal and forgetting that our anus is also connected to the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. And we just hear kind of about vaginal pelvic floor exercises and what that does for the vagina. So that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I actually, while you were, while we were talking about the fart shit bubble, um, I was thinking about, I was thinking about the, the idea that sometimes, um, 
one of us will want a particular kind of anal sex that the other person doesn't. And I've heard you speak about this on your podcast, and I love your approach to not limiting anal sex as an activity only to anal penetration. And, you know, whenever I'm on Tinder and, and something turns, uh, the conversation turns a little bit sexual, and if, especially if it's a, a cisgendered heterosexual man, um, will say, you know, oh, do you like anal? And I'll say, yeah, I'm so into anal. And they'll say, oh, yeah, I like to pound it in hard. And I'm like, oh, my God, me too. I love to pound it in hard. And so, and then they're like, wait, what? And so how do we kind of approach anal with a little bit more of a an open menu, right? Like a little bit of an anal tapas for what the kind of anal pleasure could be. And how do you manage mixed expectations where, let's say, you're already in a dynamic with someone and anal sex has come up, come up and they really want to do analingus or anal penetration? Uh, so I'll answer that in two parts. So there are, are certainly tons of things we can do beyond analingus and beyond you know, penetration. But I think what's most important is how we're having these conversations around our desires and expectations. Because oftentimes we start with, I want this. And then the partner says, I don't want that. And so those are that's a really great start to a conversation. But if the conversation ends there, that's how we run into compatibility issues. That's how folks end up at some sort of a sexual impasse where one person feels frustrated or feels like their needs aren't being prioritized. And they, or perhaps the other partner feels pressured and feels that, you know, their needs aren't being prioritized. So I really want to emphasize this piece around communication, that it's not just about saying what you want and what you don't want. It's about diving deeper and talking about why you want it and why you don't want it. So for example, what are the physical, relational, psychological, social, practical, uh, sexual, spiritual, and what are the benefits that you desire or that you expect to derive from, from a specific sexual activity? Like, why do you want anal? What about it excites you? And then I would ask you like one simple question. How is it that you think it would make you feel, right? What is the emotional underpinning as to why you want to do something? And then we can also talk about the physical, but I like to start with the emotional because if someone says, oh, I want anal because it's taboo. Okay. Well, then we can play with other ways to inject taboo play into our sex life that perhaps includes some anal play and perhaps includes other things that I also like. Whereas if someone says, oh, I love the idea of anal because I, I don't know, I'm just going to make this up. I love the idea that it lets me take control. Oh, you want to feel like you're taking control? Here are a hundred other ways we can do that in the bedroom together and 50 of them align with what I want. So when you start talking about what you want and the feelings that underpin your desires, I think we have more meaningful conversations. And then similarly, when we say no to things, I always say you can say no to anything. Uh, I hope that you never say no way, no how, end of conversation, but instead explore your no a little bit more deeply. Like, why don't you want this? What are your fears? What are your concerns? So I might say, I don't want anal because, you know, I'm, I'm afraid it's, it's going to make me poop myself the next day. Or I don't want anal because I'm afraid it'll be painful. Or I don't want anal because I'm afraid it's dirty. Well, cool. Now that I've expressed my vulnerabilities, so I'm not judging my partner. I'm not saying anal's dirty or you're disgusting or you're a pervert I'm, or you're being too demanding. I'm saying, okay, I hear that you're sharing this with me. I thank you 
for sharing a desire with me. I'm glad that we can talk. And here are my concerns. And once you have those type of conversations, that's when you find some beautiful, hot, fulfilling middle ground. But the problem is, you know, we have so much erotophobia. We lack the skills, not only with regard to communication, but specifically with regard to communication around sex. So if we can start having more of these deep yes and deep no conversations, then we can get more into different types of play. Now, I don't know if you, I can throw it back to you. I can also, you know, answer the second part of your question. Oh yeah, go for it. This is great. Okay. So with regard to, you know, what if one person wants a certain type of anal and another wants another? So yes, you have the conversation, but also what are the things you can do that are similar to what one partner is asking for? So I have this intense fantasy where I'm going to flip the script. All right. I have this intense fantasy that my, I want my partner to put their penis in my butt. So I really want this, but my partner's not into it. They're just not comfortable with it. Um, you know, they have some, some of their own concerns about the butt. Uh, they feel like maybe it's going to be too much pressure on their penis because there is more pressure on the penis in the anus than, than in the vaginal canal, which is the other hole that I've got. <laughs> the only other hole available to you. Uh, okay. There's one more, but my, my ear is feeling full right now. So <laughs> I can't think of another because my mouth is busy. Um, and so let's say they're not into it. So what can, and I'm saying, but I just love the idea of like breaking the rules. I love the idea of being naughty. Well, then we can do other things that feel naughty. Maybe we have penile vaginal sex and we talk about how he's going to put it in my butt, or we talk about how badly I want it, or he, you know, teases me and threatens that he's going to pull it out and put it in there. And so there's all these different things we can play with, not to mention the physical, which is playing on the outside, right? The pucker, which is the the entrance to the vagina, kind of that flower. I mean, it's not a flower, but I think, you know, it sort of looks like a flower. Um, Maybe not. It looks like a butthole. But anyhow, that butthole can be so sensitive on the outside, right? Like you can take the soft pad of your thumb, slather it in lubricant, and just kind of trace petals around the pucker. Or you can slather your hand in lubricant and slide it between the the butt cheeks, kind of up and down, sort of in a slow, sensual, karate chop style. Or while you're, you know, having oral, you can reach around, put your, your, your middle finger on the pucker and just pulse on the outside. Like we can tease with that. Uh, there's so many different things we can do beyond what we see in porn, which is a penis going in a butt. Uh, this it. I actually I developed a Pavlovian response while you were <laughs> talking. My thumb just started swirling every time you said pucker. So <laughs> my thumb is ready for a butthole. Who knows? I love it. <laughs> this is. I, I think you said so many amazing gems of of wisdom for us in in arousal and and even seduction and tease. And you know, I know your your book, The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay, has also all of these little kinds of um, nuggets that I think we forget about these underserviced erogenous zones or these ways to approach erogenous zones that that we just kind of take for granted. So I love this exploring the no and these deep yeses and, and deep no's. Is there anything else you can tell us about anal seduction and whether that's specific to the anus or even just moves for the body overall to kind of help us relax and sink into the sensations that are happening? Oh, that's a great question. I would say my number one suggestion is to build anticipation because oftentimes when we get excited about something, whether it's, you know, intercourse or a blowjob or going down or anal sex or fingering, we go straight for the goods instead of building that anticipation and getting the dopamine to really spike. So I would suggest that this is both good for 
anal sex because you're building desire and getting that oxytocin to flood the body and the endorphins up so that you relax and it starts to feel more pleasurable. But it's just also good for pleasure and potentially, if you get there, orgasmic response. Because the more you build anticipation, the more you tease, the more you talk, the, the more you look them up and down, the more you involve all five senses in this sex play, the more likely you are to, to kind of reach a more intense orgasmic experience. So when it comes to the butt, for example, it really is about like playing on the outside, teasing about doing it. The pulse is probably one of my favorite things. And if you're working your way up, for example, let's say I'm not quite quite ready for anal sex in terms of a penis going in the butt, but I still want that feeling of penetration. I know B-Vibe, for example, has some of those smaller size butt plugs that you could wear during other types of sex, whether it be intercourse or oral. So I think, I think the the main takeaway for me is that it doesn't have to look one way. Like just do what feels good in your bodies and don't worry about checking things off lists. I do think I'm always concerned that people want to have anal because they feel they need, they ha- they need to, or they have to. Um, and, and you don't, right? Like not everybody enjoys anal sex. Not, it's not everybody's cup of tea. For some of us, it's more of a special occasion thing. For some people, it's an everyday thing and there's no right or wrong, you just have to like do what feels good in your body and keep communicating with your partner. Oh, that's so important. I mean, we all have a butthole. We all have the the potential for anal pleasure, but we don't all necessarily want it or experience it in the same way. And I, this idea of, of bringing anticipation that that made my my thumb move too so it's like I don't know it's like you have a joystick over there um, <laughs> but it made me think of a, one of our other questions that came up during the web series on poop and pain where we were talking about combining pleasure and and having this blended pleasure for things that maybe someone already enjoys and then introducing anal pleasure as well so the question was around uh, blowjobs and anal pleasure and if this is something that that goes well together how do you introduce it into the bedroom and how might you kind of go about exploring different ways to get connected to it Uh, I I love that approach of adding it to something you already do. I think we often make the mistake when we're adding something new to our sexual repertoire of only doing that thing. It's right. Like, Mm. uh, yo, I learned about the G spot. So I'm going to zero in on the G spot or I learned about the anus. So I'm going to zero in on the anus. When in fact, if you were to just do what feels good, what you normally do, like your, your regular stuff and get yourself 80, 90% of the way to orgasm first before you add that new element, you'll probably be more relaxed, more open and more into that new element. So if, for example, you know, performing oral sex or going down on your partner is something that you regularly do, you feel comfortable with it, it, it produces pleasure in both of your bodies, then that might be a great time to play with anal experimentation. And again, it doesn't have to be a big thumb up the butt. It can be playing on the outside. It can be kind of just holding the butt cheeks in your hands and pulling them toward your face as you hold on to their butt. It could be twirling a lubed up finger around the opening of the butthole. It could be holding a vibrating butt plug like the ones that you showed us on the the B-Vibe Zoom event the other day and just teasing them with the sound of it in the background, right? Mm. It doesn't have to be all the way, all the time. You do not have to do everything and be everything. And sex doesn't have to be 100% or 101% every single time. Just like really 
continue to explore. And absolutely, I love the idea of integrating anal and and oral sex simultaneously. Ooh, yes. And this this sensory experience that you're uh, leading us to of using, and that's one of the reasons I love using butt sex toys is because they offer textures and vibration and B-Vibes toys have remotes. And so you can give your partner you know, the remote and you can go and do other two things to their bodies. Um, I, I also, um, I have this uh question that uh, we also got asked during the web series around if you're if you're giving someone oral pleasure and they have a penis uh, do they necessarily respond in the same way that they they would so is erection always present when anal pleasure is happening oh that's a great question because especially if you're exploring prostate play. So some folks who are playing with the prostate via penetration in the anus will report that they actually do lose their erection. And so uh, I think we have to just really remind ourselves that an erection is not a surefire sign of arousal and and its absence is not necessarily a sign that you're not aroused. So the body can respond in so many different ways, but we've become very rigid and linear in that if we see an erection, we think you're turned on. But here's the thing, you can have an erection and be turned on or turned off, right? We know this. Think about, you know, the technical term NRB, the no reason boner, right? Like you're sitting in math class and the the clock strikes 2 p.m. and all of a sudden you've got to tuck it into your pants because it's getting hard for no reason at all. And so I I think, yeah, it's important to talk about the fact that sometimes anal play can be highly pleasurable and you may not respond in the same way that you, you know, have to other types of play. So, you know, touching the prostate, for example, can lead to orgasmic sensations in the absence of an erection. And and we, we don't see it as discernibly obviously with the clitoris, but the clitoris also gets erections as it becomes aroused. And whereas you can see it with the penis. So uh, I love that you're bringing this up and taking the pressure off of the penises because you do not always need to be hard. Your partners are not concerned if you're not always hard. Uh, It is normal to, you know, be hard and then maybe get a little softer and then get a hard again or stay soft. And again, the measure of a sexual experience is not counted in minutes, orgasms or erections. It's really in the pleasure you do derive from the experience, whether that's emotional pleasure or relational pleasure or physical pleasure, spiritual pleasure, however you define it. Oh, thank you for expanding our ideas of pleasure. I think that's where porn has also done us a little bit of a disservice in really focusing on sexual activity and especially penetration. And with the penis, even going soft or, or losing erection or, or just changing its, its hardness, Uh, during penetration, that can also be a challenge for the receiver. And so the receiver can sometimes feel like this, this soft penis trying to get in because the penis is now focused on like, oh, I can't get in and it's hard and it's difficult. And so, you know, what, what advice can we give to, to continue this, like taking the pressure off the penis for penis owners when they're, they're penetrating? I've definitely been on the receiving end of, I'm like, well, we can just do something else right now. Like it doesn't, (laughs) and it just becomes this, this actually it increases the pain for, for the, the penetratee. So what kind of advice, if you're on the end of a penis, not being, um, super erect and you want to have anal penetration, how can we manage that moment? Oh, I mean, well, first of all, as you said, you can just move and do something else that feels good in the moment. You can use your fingers, you can use your toys, you can use a strap on, um, you can just take a moment to reconnect and, 
like giggle or chat or laugh or, you know, have a slice of pizza or, you know, play with another part. I know for me, what my, my experience is, if the penis isn't hard and maybe the, pe- the person with the penis is feeling frustrated or disappointed that the penis isn't hard, I, I, I don't try and reassure them. I literally just ask for my own pleasure. I'm like, well, here's what you can do for me right now, right? Use your hands, put your face there. Um, here's what feels good for me. And as I become, you know, kind of enthralled in pleasure and more present and in the moment, I find that that becomes a distraction and takes the pressure off them. It becomes about my pleasure and not about their performance. But that's just, that's my selfish reaction. (laughs) I love that because it's such a, a helpful redirect right? It isn't like asking, well, what's wrong? Or you know, or right. like putting the pressure on the person who's struggling and maybe feels anxious in that moment to decide what's next. And so making these suggestions of like, oh, well, you could put your mouth here or your hand there. It's so seductive. It's so delicious. It makes a moment that could be kind of awkward into something that's just human and, and allows for that humanity of that person. Well, actually, you use the word redirect, and it reminds me of research that's unrelated to sex, but has to do with acts of kindness and anxiety. So sometimes when we lose our erection, it can have to do with anxiety. It does not always. But oftentimes when our body isn't responding the way we want it to, it is, it's related to performance pressure and anxiety. And so there, there's research showing that acts of kindness can help to offset expectations of negative social interactions that, you know, lead to anxiety. So when you do something for someone else, you start to anticipate positive interactions from others. But more importantly, you take the focus on off of yourself, right? That anxiety comes from focusing on yourself. But if you bring the focus and as you said, redirect to something or somebody else, that pressure um, kind of evaporates. Oh, I didn't know that. That's amazing. That That's so applicable for so many sex things. That's wonderful. Yeah. Like just, you know, don't worry about yourself. Worry about someone else. Do you remember that little video of the little girl who says, worry about yourself? No, don't worry about yourself. Worry about <laughs> someone else for a moment. Like just redirect. That's the perfect word, Luna. Redirect. I love how kindness and, and empathy um, kind of education can also really help us in the bedroom. And I had a friend, um, you know, I love Brene Brown and someone was like, well, you could be like the buttony Brown of, (laughs) 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 so buttony it is. (laughs) And I'm going to get a little greedy while I have you here. Cause we, we do, we did get a lot of questions during the live web series around prostate play. And we will have a plug episode coming up all about prostates and dedicated to prostates. Um, but I'd, I'd love to hear from you if you have anything to offer folks who are just getting started with prostate play, they might be curious about it. They're not really sure where it is or how it functions. And I think porn has also taken prostate play to a very performative level with prostate milking, but does it always have to be like that? I lost you for a second. Can you give me the last line again? Oh, sure. Um, does it always, does the, does prostate play always have to be like this, end up in prostate milking? Does it always have to end up in an orgasm? How can we explore prostate pleasure without pressure? Oh, that's another great question. I mean, the answer to all of this is there's no pressure. There's no outcome. Please do what feels good. And absolutely, again, there's this pressure that if I play with the prostate, I should ejaculate. Well, again, two things I want to say about that. 
You can play with the prostate just for fun. You can vibe against it for 10 seconds and then move on to something else, like going down on your partner or riding your partner or, you know, taking a break and having that pizza again. So number one, prostate play doesn't have to lead to one specific outcome. But even if you do want it to lead to orgasm, you can have an orgasm without ejaculation, right? So it doesn't always have to be about milking. Uh, So just a quick note that ejaculation and orgasm are two distinct processes. Ejaculation refers to the expulsion of fluid via the urethra, the same hole you pee out of. Uh, And orgasm refers to this buildup of tension and pleasure of, and orgasm, sorry, orgasm is preceded by that. And orgasm involves these contractions of muscles and a high point of pleasure followed by kind of an immediate release. And so you can have an orgasm without ejaculating. And in fact, you can ejaculate without orgasming. And folks will actually learn to orgasm without ejaculating through through multiple practices that are sort of rooted in mindfulness uh, and understanding your body. So for example, uh, you may have heard of like the more, the the practice of Kareza from the East, but you can definitely have pleasure and orgasm without ejaculating. So let's not see the expulsion of fluid as the measure or the specific outcome that we must be striving for. Yes. Like you don't need to do a painting with your cum in order for it to like for you to have a sign of a good time. Um, Luna, can we go back to painting with your penis? Did you ever meet the penis painter? <laughs> no. How did I not meet this person? Uh, his name is Brent Ray Fraser. And Luna and I have worked at the taboo shows and the everything to do with sex shows over the years together. And Brent Ray Fraser, and I hope I have his name correct, paints with his penis. You're going to have to look him up. I actually think you should put him in the show notes. He's from Vancouver and he's a performance artist and he gets on stage and it's, it's a full performance. It's not just about the painting. Like one, one year he had on a Canadian, a Royal Canadian Mountie police uniform. So that's, that's our version of, um, for the American listeners, that's the Canadian version of the, I don't know if it's the FBI or CIA. I think FBI. It's a, it's a Canadian version of the FBI, only they wear red uniforms and ride horses. And <laughs> just, to, just to fulfill more Canadian stereotypes, I'm not being sarcastic. Do they live in igloos? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So he was wearing that and he, this was, this must've been years ago, but I remember him having a, a picture of a president uh, that rhymes with hump. And he was doing something to like to him with his penis. Anyhow, he paints with his penis and he painted my face with his penis. I'm going to I'm going to pull this art out and send it to you. And hopefully you can add it to the notes because or you can put it on Instagram. Uh, This is something else. He's a penis painter. Uh, Yes, yes. And I I feel like everyone's going to want to see this. So we will definitely include it in the show notes. (laughs) What a talent. Like you always think about, well, when was the first day he realized he could paint with his penis? <laughs> what did he paint? Did he paint a fruit bowl? Did he, like, a landscape? You know, <laughs> it was a bowl of cherries. It was a bowl of cherries. <laughs> wow, there's so much art that could come from. And he really is a performer. Like he's not. Um, he, he's really an artist. He doesn't want to be gimmicky. He happens to have this, you know, very. Um, maneuverable schlong that can paint, but he, he really is all about the art. Wow. Wow. My vulva is jealous. Like she doesn't (laughs) do any art. (laughs) I'm going to go try. I'm not flexible enough to do like vulva stamping. I'd have to like create something to 
like figure that out. <laughs> I need to do vulva stamping. Like I feel like it would look like an ink blot, one of those ink blots they show to people in psychological tests. Oh yeah, and you're like, what do you see? A butterfly or an axe murderer? Like, right. <laughs> I see a vulva. <laughs> Maybe we can do like a butt art challenge. I think that would be beautiful. Oh, I like that. I like I think that. Buttholes are so cute, and like they just are these little little chocolate starfishes. <laughs> they are. They're like an anemone. What do you call it? Are they anemones? You see them underwater, and when oh. you go close to them, they kind of sink in and then when they don't feel frightened they open up into a flower I might have the name wrong but I have the concept (laughs) yes yes oh my gosh that's so true okay so we're gonna this is gonna be our next project just like butt stuff art I love it (laughs) and vulva art I love it (laughs) well I mean you can finish your pepperoni and prostates album that you're gonna drop (laughs) and (laughs) we'll all be listening for that now I'm hungry for pizza you know I am I know, me too. <laughs> Some people are hungry for butt. I'm hungry for pizza. Yeah, we're like, let's get the pizza. And just as a caution, don't put pepperoni up your butt. <laughs> it doesn't have a base. It's going to get lost in your anus. <laughs> yes, and it could easily break off. Yes, yes. This is not what we're advising. No. Eat it well, off the body. Yeah, yeah. Put it on somewhere else that doesn't have an orifice it can get stuck in. <laughs> exactly. Well, Jess, thank you so much for all of this bomb wisdom and all of your laughs and your rapping. I mean, that was an unexpected delight. So I thank you for singing. That. that was singing. Was it singing? It sounded kind of, okay, let's go with singing. I only have one note, but I was trying to sing. I wasn't trying to rap. Is there a music video that accompanies this? <laughs> Lucky for everybody, no. Damn. Okay. Well, we're going to get lots of feedback on that, demanding the video. Maybe I'll start a petition. (laughs) (laughs) And where can we keep learning from you? You can check out the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast, where we talk about everything from butt sex to emotional literacy. And I'm online Sex with Dr. Jess on all social media. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. And we'll have all that in the show notes as well as a link to your book, which is sitting on my shelf. And I have trouble reading things. And it was so easy to read and soak up all of the information that's in there. So thank you so much for the work that you do and the way that you do it. And thank you for coming on the plug. Thank you so much. Lots of poop and pain discussion on this episode. All of the products that I mentioned, all of my favorites are going to be in the show notes for you, as well as um, some things that Dr. Jess mentioned and where you can connect with her. And our next episode of The Plug is happening on December 13th. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be talking all about toys and tools. Um, We're going to be carrying the conversation over from the December 3rd Seducing the Butt live web series. So head over to bvibe.com if you want to get on the list to attend that series. Uh, We're going to be talking about the ultimate booty gift list. And so what if you are going to be a booty sandwich? to to someone in your life what are the things that are out there what are the options how can you buy something else for someone else's booty hole or if you're treating your own Um, submit any questions that you have about toys or tools or if you have other questions around anal sex send them to us through bvibe.com and we will try to answer them on an upcoming episode and don't forget to use your code luna l-u-n-a to save 30 percent on bvibe products so So till next time, be good to those booties.